So, welcome to the Social Club podcast. Um, this is uh, I'm here with Ian Hempsey from Hempsons. Hi, Craig. And, hi, and we've just we've, we've just come out of a really uh, a really fantastic Social Club session, which uh, which we had a, a bunch of chief execs at. It was really really interesting, and we were talking about collaboration, weren't we? Uh, in 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 some depth, Ian, you're a lawyer. Um, you've been you know you've been you've been helping organisations, charities, social enterprises for years. You're, you're uh, from the fantastic firm Hempsons, who we've done so much with. When, when charities and social enterprises talk about collaboration, what are they normally coming along to? What are the problems associated with this that people come along to talk to you about? What's the, what's the heart of the matter here normally? Well, sometimes when by the time they get to come to lawyers, uh, they may not even know what the problems are. Mm. And I, and I, from our experience, when we hear what people tell us, we think. The problem you've got yes. is you're trying to do it too late. Right. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. yeah. So th- this may be uh, a group of charity social enterprises that come together for the first time and they're bidding, bidding for a public sector contract. Yes. Very tight window. Yes. For the ITT. They yeah, struggle like to get weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Yes. They struggle to get the bid in. They do that. Mm-hmm. What chance do they have in that three week window? of working out how they're going to collaborate, how they're going to build trust. Yes. So what they might say to me is, Ian, um, we're working on the ITT bid. When we finish that, yes. before the delivery start date, we'll sort everything out. Yes, yes. You'll help us. You'll kick it down the road a bit. Yeah, yeah. they kick it down the road a bit. And of course, as soon as they hear that they're successful, the cooling off period's ended, they're all focusing on what we got to do to, to deliver. Mm. And it's quite a struggle sometimes for the lawyer to say, you've got to find some space also mm. to work out how we're going to work together. Yes. So the repost could be, well, Ian, it's obvious we're working together. We've succeeded in the bid. Yeah. We know what we're yeah. going to do for day one jointly with the users. Yes. Let's just park it a bit further. <laughs> yes. Let's wait till we start. Let's see how this yeah. all plays so, out. Yeah. So um, I'm, of course, being a lawyer and telling you the worst case scenario yeah so the worst case scenario is it keeps getting parked until something goes wrong yes and then they realize they've got nothing to rely on Mm. and trying to get contracts in place working arrangements in place at that point where there's probably an imbalance of power Mm. there's probably distrust yes you don't stand the chance no so what i wanted to emphasize uh in the workshop was that for collaborations to be successful you definitely don't want that scenario. No. You should be investing. This is a leadership role. You should be investing time within your organization and amongst your prospective partners mm. to yeah. work out what it might look like, what's going to make it successful, how we're going to build trust. Yes. So it's almost it's almost ready to go. Yeah. And and you mentioned the T word trust there, because I think sometimes charities and social enterprises assume that because we're all you know, we're all on on mission, that we're all going to get in the room and things are just going to work themselves out by magic. And that isn't, that's seldom the case, is it, really? Because I no. guess people's interests are sometimes aligned, but sometimes not. And they haven't, they may not even worked out what their shared objectives are. Yeah. And I always suggest to people in a legal document, there's nothing legal about it, but as a preamble, yeah write out your shared objectives and get everyone to 
articulate it in the same way. And that's a great start. You, you can all articulate, go in your separate room and you all articulate shared objectives in the same way. Write that as a preamble. Is that what you call a memorandum of understanding? Is, is, that, is that what people might relate well, people, to as a memorandum Yeah, understanding. people might do that, but I'm always really wary of those. It's a, it's a great badge. Right. And yeah. it's, it's interpreted in lots of different ways. So some people think a memorandum of understanding is just, it's, it's a stepping stone. It's not legally binding. Yeah. And others will say, no, no, it's legally binding. So it's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. Mm. So I'm talking about a document intended to be legally binding set out in a lawyers call it a recital right um why you're doing this what is the shared objective and of course if we're looking at service delivery and i think this is often forgotten Mm. and again this is i think a crux of a successful collaboration you should be looking external externally from your organization who you're there to serve your service users yes so these shared objectives also in the recital why are these shared objectives going to be in the you know, in the interests of your users yes. more so than, let's say, doing it on your own? And this is the this is the mindset that you're yes. not thinking about preservation of your organisation. No, you're thinking about doing the best for the people you're set up to serve. So, that, so in a way, it sounds like the point of an exercise like this. Isn't, isn't so much so you've, you've got something to wave about when it all goes wrong, but it, it almost sounds like you're, you're trying to get organisations to a place where they don't need to get the document out to say what's wrong because they've, they've done some preemptive work to figure out who's doing what here and who's getting yeah. what and how it's all going to work between us. And you've yeah. aligned, you've checked, you know, going back to, to your point that, yeah, almost this naive assumption that we're all in a, a sector. Yes. But organizations are often very proud and tout their own values yes. well if every org- five organizations tout their own values are they actually aligned so again yeah. that comes back to your yeah. point so get everything give the best chance for things to to work because this is all about successful working arrangement as a lawyer i'm going to say i think you'd be negligent if you didn't have documents in place but docu- legal documents can only do so much they can't create the shared objectives the values the working mindset Mm. behind an arrangement and the attitude you're going to bring to i mean there are always going to be issues to resolve around joint service delivery so what is the attitude you're going to bring to it yes a legal document cannot create an attitude no 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 And, and sometimes people think that trust is a substitute for for, for, for things written down, don't they? And, and, and it should be both. It should be both. Yeah, yeah. And w- when organisations get into fights, this is what might be my observation. But there's two things some, that they're normally about. One is about money, and you know, and and the apportionment of, of money from a, a joint endeavour. I think the other is is a little a little less obvious than that. It's often about visibility, and 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 who, who's you know who whose project is this? Yes. You know, and 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 who's claiming what here and who's in charge it's those kind of more intangible issues that comes to the fore can they be legislated for in a in a in a in a in a in a in a, in a, in a the kind of they, legal they, agreement that you're talking they about they can so the one which creates the most uh difficulties in yeah. is where you've got a prime contractor because yes. they have the relationship the yeah. influence with whoever the commissioner is yes if you're down the supply chain as a subcontractor Mm. Um, you may not have any direct relationship mm. with 
the commissioner. So, um, yeah, you know, you're, you're un, you, whether or not you are unseen, you yeah. might feel you, yeah, you are unseen. And your concern could be uh, you're going to have to deal with this commissioner, maybe on other projects, mm. other service lines. And will the commissioner actually know us? Yes. Because we've yeah. been hidden behind this prime contract. Now, in a successful collaboration, so just taking that example mm-hmm. of prime uh, subcontractor, it's like spokes of the wheel. The prime contractor is there in the middle. You've got all the spokes coming out of the subcontractors. And if there's no tire around the rim, there's nothing to join the subcontractors together. No. So a good, I'd suggest a, a better chance of a successful collaboration in that scenario, mm. prime subcontractor, is there is some joint working agreement. Yes. So you don't operate in silos. And that would give you more, more opportunity to have a voice yes. with the commissioner. If you set up a joint venture vehicle, mm. a legal entity, um, you've got a much better chance because each, each sub-partner yes. will probably have its voice, it'll appoint someone to the board. Yeah. So Just I'm a director. Clear, this, is, this is a new company. Yeah. We're all, we've all got directors on the board. So every director could equally have authority yeah. on behalf of the collaboration to talk to the commissioner. So you've got a better chance of getting be seen and having a voice externally in a sort of joint, in a, in a sort of, yeah, a entity, legal entity. And to, to, to go to the trouble and energy and effort of a joint venture, I guess something would have to be just very, very big and very significant for for everybody because that is that is a whole new ball game for a lot of organisations, isn't it? What, what, what conditions would you say would be needed for a joint venture to be the right thing to do for an organisation? Because not 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 many of not many of our members do joint ventures. You need to create a new entity. To create a new entity, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's because well, I suppose well, a common a common example of that is where um, people in a particular locality can see a whole raft of services are going to be commissioned over the yeah. next few years. And they and they feel uh, not only the only way of getting the first contract, mm. but that the, all the other subsequent contracts is to come together. Now, they could be very short-sighted mm. and say, we're just going for that first contract we know is in the pipeline, yeah. and we'll do it as lead subcontractor, that's mm. easy. Mm. But we're not, as a group, building up a track record that way. Yeah. So yeah. why don't we invest? This is all about investing for the future. Mm. So I would say if there's a real rationale to invest for the future, because mm. you could feel similar opportunities mm. coming your collective way, yes. that is a good reason. So that's the consortium yes. approach. Yeah. Um, but as you say, it is a big step yeah. for organizations. Trust becomes even greater because you have the individuals who will sit on this board of this mm. new company There'll be employees, no doubt, maybe trustees, but often employees of the individual partners. So an employee will be looking over their shoulder and saying, is, is my employer liking the way I'm taking decisions yes. on this board? And so you get you don't get a cohesive board. You get maybe five individuals yes. thinking about what's best for my for my bit, yeah. my bit. Mm. And that's not going to work. So. I think there needs to be a bit of time for people who the individuals who sit on the board to feel confident what authority they've got. Yeah. The boards of 
of your organization have to be clear. Yes. What have we delegated to that person? What authority do they have? And again, that's time. You're not going to do that overnight. But that board has got to uh, feel and be entrusted yeah. to take decisions or else it will get nowhere. And obviously, you know, I, I read, you know, I read around the sector press and hear a lot, a lot of, a lot about collaboration as a kind of, you know, it's one of the, one of the watchwords of our time, isn't it? You know, complex problems can't be solved by one organisation. We need to collaborate. Um, as, a, as a lawyer working with all sorts of organisations at the moment, what are you finding that this is coming to your door as a, as a bigger issue than it was five years ago? I think maybe whether or not there's more collaboration, I'm not in a position to judge, but maybe more people are coming to us and realising that uh, they need to structure yeah. it better. Yeah. And they will, you know, often an opening gambit is that, yeah, we've collaborated, you know, many times over the years, oh. uh, but we perhaps haven't thought enough about how we should go about it. And maybe it's been prompted by a negative experience they've had somewhere. Mm. And they realised they didn't have the tools to deal with it. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think we are seeing more people who, who want to structure it and are actually thinking more deeply about it. Yeah, so it, it, it's not an off-the-shelf structure mm. which will work for every situation. So thinking about how they should structure it. Um, and, I mean, we were involved in uh, one uh potential consortium where th this was an example where local charities had worked well together mm. over a number of years yes. and they came to us because they believed there was an opportunity uh which was far more scaled up than anything they bid for before right and that was prompting them to think about we're going to have to get some formal structure in yeah. place it's too big for any of us in yes yeah so sometimes it's the scaling up Mm. And, you know, we're all hearing about commissioners parceling up either bigger financial packages or bigger basket of services yes. or a county wide service rather yes. than a borough service. Or, yes. Um, yes. So coming together for those types of things. Yeah. And I, I, I was going to. Um, yeah. A lot of organisations, they think, well, you know, we're, good, but we're, we're thinking about collaboration, but they're, they're, they they one don't necessarily they might be intimidated by the thought of having lawyers involved because of the potential cost. And they're not, they imagine that their legal advice will be quite, um, you know, potentially quite risk averse. What you seem to be talking about is, well, what we do more is actually try and get, think through, you know, get the organisation and its partners thinking together about what a collaborative framework looks like. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not necessarily, um, what's the word? We're not we're not we're not gunning for one side against the other. No, uh, and we're, we're not yeah. gunning for one form of structure. No, over the other. So that example I've just given you. So one of the things that uh, we produced a list of questions, same questions, and mm. we interviewed the chief executives. Yes, and and very similar to the poll we've just run about. Yes. You know, what are their main concerns? And the second poll, what things do you think will make this successful? Yeah. And, and for those who didn't listen to the... To the so we listened, yeah, we listened yeah. to that. And it was on the basis of that, you know, we pulled that together as to what might work for them 
for their concerns, yes. how could those be mitigated? Could, mm. I mean, sometimes you need to start with some myth busting. Yes. Yes. So uh, what's the major myth we need to bust? Well, often you'll hear that we're going to lose our sovereignty. Yeah. And I said, well, you might do if you don't spend enough time thinking about what's in the collaboration, mm. what's outside. Yeah. Um, because then it gets murky. Yeah. Um, the things like um, loss of control. Yes. Loss of influence. Yeah. These are all things which can be easily managed and they're surmountable. Yeah. Yeah. By just putting an appropriate structure in place, fairness and decision making and yeah. equal voice yeah. around the table. Yeah. Um, so if you address some of these things, I think the problem is um, where, where you treat that the exercise, going to a lawyer, the exercise is to get a legal document out of it. Yeah. There's a lot should happen before then. And that might sound scary in costs. It isn't. You know, the bit which comes beforehand doesn't need to be ex extensive, but it's actually getting people to think about yeah. how this might work. Tell me about your concerns. Yes. Some, some concerns you can scotch yes. straight away. Yes. That's a misunderstanding. You don't need to worry about that. But these, yes, those are genuine concerns, but let's see how they can be managed. And, and uh, yeah, let's say you, you, you know, I've got four or five partners in the room. We make a collaboration agreement. Does that then have legal status in the sense of something we can point to after and say, look, you've, uh, you've, you've stepped out of your legal you know, agreement here? It, it can do because yeah. uh, um, yeah, people have discussions yeah. and act on discussions yeah. and money transfers hands and yeah. then parcel out who does what. Yeah. There's no overarching contract. Um, at law, contracts can exist just by a course of dealing between yeah. parties. Sure. But it's an enormous mess because yeah. everyone argues, no, no, that, that was what the course of dealing was. And that's what we said verbally. Mm. Um, so that is a mess because there's uncertainty. Mm. There's certainty there's a contract, yes. but there's uncertainty as to what you've agreed. So if you get in a dispute, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah, you've got no reference point. If you've got something written down, at least there's a there's a beacon of something you've all done. That yeah, you can point yeah. To, and that's and that's and that's much better. Yeah, yeah. And so, in, in terms of you know just bringing things to a to a to a bit of a, a bit of a, a close, what um, what's your sort of well, what what's your advice and what's your offer um, to charities or social enterprises that are looking at significant collaboration? What's what do they you know what's What's on the table here from a company like Hempsters? What are you, what are you saying come to us for? It's so, so people really understand what the offer yeah. is and, and, and what they could expect. So I think the, the offer uh, would be at least two phases. Right. So the, the, the end of the road, phase two, yeah. is having listened. And so fa fa phase one is to understand what they want to achieve, to challenge, yes. to understand what are the key features they must have mm. to make it work make it work yeah and clients will you know they, they may they may be have articulated some of them mm. but there may be others we say have you thought about this and they say no we haven't we suggest you do mm. so it's a bit of listening to the partners what they've worked out it's sharing experience we've got mm. and then it's it's really coming up with a priority list that for us for a collaboration to work this is what we need to have. Yes. We've identified concerns, barriers, risks. Mm -hmm. 
Let's get those out on the table, aired right at the beginning, and this is how we propose to deal with them. Are there any external parties involved? How are they going to influence? Um, Do they have a preference for how we set up if it's commissioned? Yes. You know, let's bear in mind, not all collaboration is commissioned. No. Um, But if, if it is commissioned... That may that may be a guiding factor. So all those are the guiding factors which are going to lead to structure it this way, structure it that way. Yes. And then you can do a sort of pros and cons. So we think from what we've learned from this initial exercise, it's pointing to this structure and why. Yes. So, so you're, that's the first. Bit. That's the first point. And yeah. the boards can then immediately buy into that and never challenge and say, we, ne- we understand why we did it this way. Yes. And then the the next phase is the documenting yeah. of it. Yes. And how simple or complex that will be will depend upon partly the structures, you know, lead subcontractor. If it's a new joint venture legal entity, yeah. that's obviously more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important right at the beginning to agree a timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what is the critical timeline for you is there a pinch point where you must have this done yeah and we've got to work within that yes yeah yeah so so there's a there's a there's a lot here and yeah it sounds to me that if you do this stuff right it might cost you something but it might cost you an awful lot less than the, the the trouble heartbreak losses down the line when the collaboration's gone pear shaped yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't just cost you know, it's not just external costs. It's no. the enormous amount of admin time yeah, you have yeah. to deal with. It's how your relationship might be soured mm. externally yes. with commissions. And your reputation. And and the reputation. Mm. Um, so all those things in the melting pot, that, that could be quite a significant risk for, for your organisation. So, so, so in a way, so, you know, collaborations become, I think, one of the sort of, you know, positive words that we all use in our in our in our dialogues about how we how we achieve more and how we achieve impact that said it's it's something that we ought to not to enter lightly um and when we do it we need to codify what that collaboration is fairly early in order that the collaboration is successful and that our risk is managed yeah so it's like you're, you're managing risk in all your other activities. Mm. This is nothing different. Nothing different. Yeah. It's yeah. just a different activity uh, area of work you're considering in your risk register. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and obviously, Hempson's do a lot of work with charities and social enterprises um, within the club and beyond. Um, so you're in Hempsey. You're the person who leads on this here. I am, yes. Um, we... Uh, um, People can find you if they need to um, very easily. They can find me easily. They can find all my details on the website. Yeah. And we're always happy to have initial chat. Yeah. Listen to what you want to do. See if we can help. Brilliant. Well, um, thanks so much for doing the club today. No, it's been, it's no, been I really a great enjoyed session. it. It's been good, hasn't it? And, uh, and um, yeah, lots, lots and lots about collaboration there for, for, for listeners to, to think about. And, uh, and Ian's always happy to talk to you. Um, on a friendly basis initially if you want to talk about your collaboration yes thanks very much Ian. yeah and thanks craig pleasure all right speak soon